It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Locked On Suns, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Today's host your host, Evan Sider, and my co-host, Burning Queen. You can follow me on Twitter at EastSider. You can follow Burn on Twitter if you haven't already, at BurningQueen14. Your support over there is very much appreciated. As always, make sure to always follow our Locked On PHX Suns account on Twitter at Locked On PHX Suns. We're back with you guys as we usually do for every home game this year, live talk, Talking Stickers Road Arena. The Phoenix Suns, unfortunately, fell a close loss tonight, Burning. They were by 16 points at one point, but they fell to the Portland Trailblazers 111-110. to 110. Before we dive into our usual uh, script as far as positives, negatives, and our stats, what was your biggest takeaway from this one? Because it was definitely a roller coaster ride in the second half. <laughs> to be honest, my biggest takeaway is a great game. Yeah, you know, it was a fun sure. game to watch, and I think we've gotten a lot of good ones from Portland Phoenix. Even when the Suns were at their worst, they it brings it usually it's Devin Booker kind of going toe to toe with Damian Lillard. But uh, the the Carmelo Anthony side of things tonight was fun and. You know, like I know 0 for 2 is ugly and lo- losing by a combined three points is is going to sting, but I didn't think they'd be this competitive without Booker. So, you know, obviously we should mention Devin Booker didn't play again tonight and they were adequate. I mean, they really buckled down on defense in the first half and then their offense was doing enough to stay afloat in, in the second half. So I think, you know, falling to 11-15 after starting 7-4, and four, it is ugly right now, but that's something to be happy about because this team, obviously, in the past has just fallen apart when he's off the floor. Yeah, totally agree with you there. And if you look without DeAndre, and they're 10-15, and 15, and that's an impressive feat without your 1B to your 1A. And Booker, like you mentioned, was out tonight with his forearm injury. Yeah, we guessed, what, six or seven wins when we predicted that night when we did the episode responding to his suspension, we get six or seven, so they're ahead of schedule. Yeah, they're way ahead of schedule, and I think probably about three or four games where we had them at this point of the season is for sure, especially adding in the Aiden injury. But looking at tonight's game for a second, Brennan, just a, a weird game because the Trailblazers really, outside of the third quarter, the Suns won this game, which was really, a, I, I think, a good sign because, like you mentioned, no, no Booker tonight. A lot of pressure, though, on guys like Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Dario Sarge to really – generate some offense they did tonight but I'll start off here with our first free throw from science game that's Kelly Uber we talked about beforehand I actually wrote in my recap on bright side of the sun too 24 points 10 to 21 from the field two assists those two assists I want to talk about for just a second because I feel like it's weird to start off with two assists but I feel like we might be seeing some development from Kelly Uber passing ability so far and that's what really caught my eye tonight he also was very efficient. He had that three at the end, which I thought was going to win them the game. Didn't happen for them because Damian Lillard de- did what Dame time does at the end. But a, a very efficient night for Oubre. And like he told me up at the media area that this could be one of Kelly's best games offensive of the year so far. Yeah, I, I looked. And I, that, I think that Atlanta game, after he got kind of benched in the Lakers game, that, that was probably his best one. 30 points, got to the line 10 times. But this one, 
I mean, they just needed it so badly tonight. You know, that Hawks game, they kind of blew out Atlanta, so it doesn't feel as important. They lost this one, so maybe not either. But it's just he has a feel for that. I, I really think he, he is the type of person, like forget even as an athlete, but like the type of person who seems to respond to the challenge of Booker's out, our offense is kind of grinding right now, we need a big shot. I mean, the Charlotte game as the best example where he hits a three to win the game. So uh, just impressive to have that sort of responsiveness, but obviously not enough in the end. And he did uh, miss the, the shot that ultimately um, wasn't able to win it for them. Yeah, that, that's right. And I, I think with Ubre, especially, I want to hit on the passing point just a little bit with you for a second before we dive into your free throws, because we were talking about together. Just what did you take away from Ubre's passing ability tonight? We saw from Mikhail too that I think it's exciting that these wings are now starting to create a little bit more for others. Yeah, the the passing. Sorry to get sidetracked, no, but no the passing. I think that what's kind of where I was going with that is what's crazy to me is. Doesn't it kind of feel like if he just focused on it that it would be there? Because yeah. I, I don't think it's that he doesn't see the plays. I mean, I think he's he's never going to be like a five-assist-a-game type of player, but it seems like it's just a night like this. He's just looking for it, and he's making an effort. Maybe that's, you know, the coaching staff being in his ear, knowing Booker's going to be out and saying, like, hey, it's not, it can't just be Rubio moving the ball tonight. We're going to need you to do that because he definitely was looking for them. And two assists, I don't even think, tells the whole story. I, I tweeted one of them where he, he did a drop pass. He drove, drop pass to McHale, who was cutting. McHale got smashed in the face and ended up on the ground and so didn't score, didn't turn into an assist. But there were a couple of those where you could tell that was a, a focus for him tonight. So, you know, I, I think there are just more nights from him specifically where they need him to score. So obviously you don't want him to be looking to pass too often. But when he can do it like this, it makes you real, it makes you hope the next game that it comes and it has just been so inconsistent but hopefully he can build from it a little bit yeah for sure and I think with Ubre tonight obviously the passing ability is not what we wanted to hit on I, I mean we did a little bit just because I think it's an important development for Kelly long term there but 24 points an efficient night for him led all scorers for the Suns what's your first free throw tonight's game it's going to be Aaron Baines uh, especially on the defensive end we were talking about maybe five six minutes left in the game who was going to finish between Kaminsky and and Baines and I think the decision ended up being proven very right with Baines being in there. Gets called on the final play of the game, really the, the game-sealing bucket by Damian Lillard for a uh, block, got challenged, didn't get overturned. It didn't feel like it was going to because it was so bang-bang, but fouls out on the play. Before that, though, I mean, a block at the basket on Lillard and another one right before that where he altered the shot and, and Dame just missed it. So between those and a couple key threes, being able to beat mismatches, which is something we've identified a lot when they try to switch pick and rolls, Baines is, is money on those little hook shots. So he pretty much played. I think this, if you can count on, maybe he's not going to go five of six every night, but if you can count on relatively a game like this from him as the backup five behind eight and going forward, that's a real area of strength for the team. Oh, absolutely. I think Mikhail mentioned that to you when you asked about it post-game because you have a guy like Baines and you have a player like Aiton, kind of a cutter and a guy who can space the floor. I think we kind of – maybe we see Baines and Aiton play together more often. I think Mikhail's hitting at that too. Maybe we do see that as early as tomorrow night. But as far as my second free throw goes from this game, I'm going to actually go with Mikhail, who we talked to in the locker room afterwards. Eight points, ten rebounds, three assists, two steals. 
He also had a block shot in 31 minutes, plus six in the plus-minus category. Even though he only took seven shots, made two of them burn, and I just feel like it was another impactful game for McHale, and he really once again stepped to stat sheet. Yeah, stat sheet, definitely. I mean, 10 rebounds was, I think, one of the areas they really needed him. You only got six rebounds between your two centers and none from Kelly. So kind of a weird game in that department where you guys that normally get them weren't. So I don't really know, though, because, you know, I think overall, like, the defense was there. We've talked about it so often where all that stuff is pretty much consistent, but it was confusing to me a little bit, to be honest with you. I I would imagine it's just because it was Damon CJ and that's such a difficult backup or backcourt to match up with. But it was interesting to me that they started him again uh, just with the offense kind of it's, – it's not ideal when he's in there. A lot of the time I think it, you really see it the minute he steps on the court, the lack of willingness to shoot really does hold them back on a lot of possessions where the ball will ping around, ends up in his hands, and he's not going to take them a lot of the time. Yeah, that's the worrisome part too. I know two of seven is a, just another quiet night for McHale, and that, that week, week plus or so that we saw aggressive McHale is really fading in the distance now. And Does that worry you a little bit, just how inconsistent McHale is as far as – I know this is supposed to be a positive here, but I mean, you brought up a good point about McHale. Just yeah. I feel like it's an important point long-term for McHale. He needs to be aggressive offensively. He has to realize that him taking a shot within the flow of the offense isn't a bad thing. And I feel like maybe he does feel that way right now. Yeah, it feels like he kind of tends to think that there's always going to be a better shot. There were a lot of possessions tonight where he did pass up open looks. He drove straight at the rim like four or five times, didn't even look at the rim. Yeah, and then once he, he tries to dunk it from way too far out and misses. So I think just that kind of decision-making, shoot versus pass and shoot versus drive and kind of reverse the ball, that stuff I think is still a work in progress. You know, changing systems three times in three years, if you include the last year in Good point, yeah. college, probably doesn't help him. And being such a dependent player on offense rather than a Devin Booker who, yeah, the system's changing, but really the system is him most of the time. Maybe that is more of a part of this than we maybe can understand not being in there. But my second free throw, our last one here, I I think as much as you don't want them to have to get into the situation where they're battling in the last two minutes of a game they led by 16, I think making something out of nothing in those last few minutes they do deserve a lot of credit for that because those are the those are the moments where Devin Booker would be handling the ball, would be taking those shots, going toe to toe with Damian Lillard. Like I said, we've seen so many times already from him in his young career, and they didn't have him, and somehow still made it work between Kelly making that corner three and one, Ricky Rubio grabbing what felt like ten offensive rebounds over the course of of that last stretch, even Frank Kaminsky hitting a three right before he checked out. The game kind of felt like it was going to trend even more in Portland's direction and they were able to come back down with it so uh Monty Williams pointed to Cam's three-pointer coming out of uh, a hot stretch in the third quarter from Portland so those little moments but especially the second the the second I'm sorry the fourth quarter and the last two minutes were impressive for a team that didn't have a shot creator really at all on the floor yeah I'm glad you brought that point up too because on a night where no Booker and no Aiden. Obviously, Aiden, we're going to be talking an awful lot about the next week or so because he's going to be back tomorrow night. I know Suns fans are rejoicing about that point. But when you look at this offense, Brennan, tonight where you have Uber take 21 shots, Rubio 14, Kaminsky 14, Dario at 10. These are only four guys in double digits as far as field goal attempts go. What was your overall thoughts on the offense tonight and Saturday too in Mexico City, just the way they've been handling without Booker? I mean, not great, but I think the – well, you're starting you, – I mean, it's kind of by necessity, but you do see in nights like this when Booker's out of the game, 
that the the depth just the ability for different guys to step up on different nights I think that is a strength none of them are particularly reliable but it does feel like there's always going to be somebody you know I think they have a good feel for that where guys know when they need to step up Kelly being the guy we identified today but even Ricky Rubio took a couple bad shots in that last few minutes but he felt the pressure of that moment that he was going to be more of a focal point as a scorer than he's used to and he took shots. I mean, that's not something we would have said about Ricky Rubio earlier in the season. So sure. I think that deserves some credit, even though obviously they lose both games and don't score particularly well. Only one ten tonight against a pretty bad Portland defense. So uh, better than I expected, but obviously you can only expect so much. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a loss, not a moral victory for the Suns, because at this point in the season those don't exist. But one eleven, one ten, the final score. Before we go on to our what we didn't like from tonight's game, our flagrant fouls, I want to tell you guys quickly about our sponsor today's show, which is from Spotify. I want to tell you guys about Spotify Wrapped. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to to fo- show us your top locked on podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and also at Locked On PHX Suns on Twitter, and we'll be sure to share and retweet for you guys. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Brent, I'll start us off here with our flagrant fouls for tonight's game. And this might sound really weird to some Suns fans. I know I might get some flag for putting him in the negative category, but a really odd Ricky Rubio game tonight. Triple-double, a very quiet triple-double, I thought, because he had 10 points, 11 rebounds, 14 assists, but he almost had a quadruple-double as far as turnover category goes. Eight turnovers for Rubio tonight. That is very unrealistic as far as what we've seen from Rubio the last few months. And in 34 minutes, 4-14 from the field, so a bad offensive game throwing the eight turnovers, and I feel like that triple-double kind of counts itself out there. Yeah, I mean, the off, those offensive rebounds and hustle plays at the end of the game were kind of the only redeeming quality from this one for him. Obviously, the 14 assists, as much as it's probably unfair to say you expect that because it is incredible what he's doing. We spent a whole report card segment on Friday talking about it, but, I mean, I think it is fair to criticize the turnovers and they are so uncharacteristic for him but they really hurt the team tonight I mean he had that travel on the broken play late 50 seconds left and that we've been we've both been talking about these really strange pull-up three that he took uh, in transition that is never a shot that that he ever takes and and missed it badly and, and clanged off the side of the rim so you know I think he did hurt them a fair bit tonight, even though he did help them as well. Yeah, it was just a, a double-edged sword for Rubio tonight. I know he contributed a triple-double, of course, but the offense and the turnovers really kind of mirrored that a little bit. Let me tell you your way, Brennan, for your flagger foul for tonight's game. Yeah, I mean, it was it was going to be a little bit of, of Mikhail, a little bit of Rubio. I just think the the overall kind of identity of their team, of this team on offense, with the uncharacteristic assist-to-turnover ratio tonight, 31-20, to 20, and you just felt Booker. You felt Booker not being there. You felt the fact that they don't really have a shot creator when he's not in the game. Rubio creates for others, but he's not going to be creating for himself. Tyler Johnson not being able to do that, I think, is really impacting them right now. Kobo was not his usual self. He's somebody that can at least give you that in spurts, and 
I think Ubre can just be an easy guy to contain when you know he's probably not going to be passing. He's inconsistent getting to the free throw line. So I think it's just kind of that overall energy and identity of the offense that we, even when Booker's been off or in foul trouble or any of these things, that has been something you can count on, and it did feel like they got a little bit away from it tonight. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. And just real quick, I wanted to talk to this player in there since it's been kind of a shorter segment. We're going to dive into our stats to watch here in a minute. But I was talking to you during the game about Dario Saric, and he had 17 points tonight, 6-10 from the field. An efficient night, of course, but minus 11 in the plus-minus category, the worst on the team. A very weird night from Dario himself, too, because he started off really hot. I think he had 12 points in the first half, then he just torpedoed in the second half, had more turnovers and assists in this one. Just at this point, I think we know who Dario Saric is, and he's just a very hot and cold player. Yeah, I think the the defense has been better than I expected, but I think everything else, it is just, as a viewer, frustrating. I mean, to see the guy have such great heights at times, and then especially the three-point shooting, that's been just one of those guys from afar that you think of as a stretch four, and so you kind of maybe overestimate his shooting just because that's what you look at him okay he's a stretch four he can shoot he's going to space the floor but that's not really that consistent of a part of his game to be honest with you only one of five tonight and there's a lot of similar to Mikhail although Sharich is a willing shooter there's a lot of plays that end where the ball's in Dario's hands and uh, he just doesn't make them consistently not a guy that I think defenses are necessarily afraid of so yeah, I think just that inconsistency is hurting them right now. Maybe the pairing with Aiton helps him. Maybe that dynamic is creates even more space with Aiton's rim-rolling gravity and passing out of the post and things like that. Maybe that takes him to a new level. Obviously, his best came with Joel Embiid, who's a lot closer to Aiton than to Baines. So we'll see, but he's... He's consistent for you for, you know, 15 and 6, yeah. but he's probably not going to win you any games. I think that's kind of the, the the good and bad with him. Yeah, that's a good point to bring up there too because I feel like that's kind of the, the perfect role for Dario is just being a role player and you can't really rely on much else other than that because he's going to hit you shots, but when he's not hitting those shots, it kind of goes down a little bit in his value. But we're going to dive in now to our stats to watch here, but we have a quick sponsor to hit too. Yeah, before we move on here to our stat to watch, close out the show with some numbers to think about that define this game. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked on NBA and using the promo code locked on or it's sorry, just locked L O C K E D N B A at checkout terms and conditions apply. And if you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all of our other offers from the locked on sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Again, that's promo code LockedNBA at checkout at Casper.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so, I mean, to me, really what told the story of this one was the 31-20, which we got into a little bit with everybody else in the negative area tonight. Eight turnovers for Rubio. So that's the one that jumps out to me is just 
we've had nights where it's you know eight to one, nine to one. The Lakers game being the the one that I think of all the time, but this is not even two to one. No. So it's it's ugly tonight. Yeah, thirty-one to twenty. It's barely above. I don't know. Just really a one to two assist turnover ratio. That's just not a good look for this team. And what we usually know from the Suns team that leads the NBA, I believe, still in assist percentage, but. I think in this category, too, they really miss Booker because I think we undervalue, I think, at this point, just how much of a secondary creator Booker is to help out Rubio on some nights because I think an awful lot of pressure on Rubio tonight to create, and you saw in the turnover category there, but they... Yeah, he. I think he was forcing things a little bit, just generally, Rubio, and yeah, I mean, Frank Kaminsky having five assists, like, I guess that's a good thing that somebody else was doing it, but you don't want to have to put him in that type of role. That's obviously not what he's best at by any means. That probably means the ball's in his hands a little bit too much. So the assists were fine. It really was the turnovers that were the problem. 31 assists on 41 made baskets, that's that's yeah. just as good as you want it, right? And I think not getting to the free throw line quite as much hurt them a little bit too, just their efficiency not being quite as good, not getting to the line. But you can't boil one game down to one thing, but – Monty, that was the first thing he brought up was the turnovers. Portland also turned the ball over 20 times, so I don't know how much that excuse holds weight, but when you're facing a team with great scorers like that, you can't give them that many opportunities. Yeah, and look at the assist fear as well, 31, and then Blazers line 21, so they had 21 assists to 20 turnovers, and it just just shows you if you have elite scorers like Lillard and McCollum, and crazy enough, Carmelo Anthony (laughs) had a good game tonight, 23 points for him. When those three guys are going, I think the Blazers are pretty hard to stop offensively. Here's a number. Do you think there were more Mellow fans or Suns fans in the arena tonight? Honestly, I think it might have been Carmelo, because, man, when he ever hit a shot, that place was Yeah, it felt like there were people who were cheering when the Suns did things, and then also when Melo, like people who were actually in the building to support the Suns still couldn't help themselves but cheer for Melo. I, I do wonder, I'll have to look at the schedule after this, but I wonder if this would be the last time fans see Melo because it might be his last year in the NBA and maybe this is the last time Portland's here, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I'm not sure either. It's always tough to tell who, who they play three times, who they play four times and all that stuff, but it was fun to watch. I mean, I'm not going to lie, like... Uh, we don't need to debate if he should be in the league and all the craziness that happens on Twitter, but just watching him do his thing, 8 of 16, made four threes, 23 points. He had a big three late in the game. Like When he's going like that, he is a really fun player to watch. Yeah, I miss – I mean, I grew up watching Carmelo. I think he did too. Like He was in the peak of our childhood. And watching him now, like obviously he's in the final stage of his career, but it's fun when he has a game like this. But I'll dive into my stat to watch here. It's a very simple one. And we already covered really the main one here, assist turn ratio. But 16, which is the biggest lead the Suns had tonight, and they somehow let this game slip away at the very end for them. And really the third quarter, the Blazers won a big run there, 31-21. They outscored the Suns in that quarter. And that's the only quarter they outscored the Suns, actually. And that was why they lost 111 to 110. And this is just like San Antonio. They had a double-digit lead, I believe, against San Antonio at one point, let it slip away weight. And they've had a couple games like that as well earlier in the season. I feel like this is a trend that has to stop immediately if this wants to be able to legitimate playoff game. Yeah, you just can't. I mean, these are teams not only that they had leads over, but just that they should beat, period, no matter how they how they do it. They should be winning these games. And it's We've thought of Portland all year as a team that was considerably behind the Suns in the playoff race. They have the same amount of wins now. Yep, they have the tiebreaker now, I believe, if not mistaken there. If not, it's right next to it because they have a half game behind the Suns in the record category, 11-16 to 11-15. But anything else bring you one down from tonight's game as far as maybe stats to watch or overall takeaways before we finally dive into a an era for the Suns this season where it will finally, once again, include DeAndre Ayton? No, I'm... Just like everyone else, uh, very excited for tomorrow. I, I really didn't think, just with how they started the year, that I would be looking forward to seeing how Aiton 
impacted things as much as I am right now. It felt like it was going to be, how does Aiton fit into this team? And now they really seem to desperately need him. Yeah, they really do need DeAndre. And it's been painfully obvious the last few games with just the rebounding, the, the just the secondary scoring, people that are trying to get out there and get some points for the Suns, especially no Devin Booker out there the last few games. It's been really, really obvious. This team needs DeAndre. And, and he'll be back for tomorrow for the Phoenix Suns. So that'll be a very fun night for them. They're in L.A. on the second half of back-to-back. They're boarding their planes, heading over to the airport now as we speak. So that'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Suns. Appreciate everyone listening in. As always, we have to guys tomorrow to recap DeAndre in his first game back. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.